The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino and joining me today are Deepak Gohill and Lisa Walker-Lawrence. Welcome back to the show, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for asking. I wish it was a better result last week that we could be talking about, but, you know, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder a few times here and there. Okay. (laughs) We need to do another ladies' night. By the way, ladies, I need you. Yes. So last week, the 49ers welcomed back Matt Breda and the Miami Dolphins to uh, Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara. And the final score was not what we wanted. Uh, San Francisco ended up with 17, and the Dolphins raked us over the coals with a 43. Jimmy Garoppolo was 7 for 17 with 77 yards, two interceptions, and a 15.7 passer rating and was pulled at the end of the first half. Did not return in the second. Bethard came out in the second half, went 9 for 18, 94 yards, one touchdown, and an 84% passer rating. While Fitzpatrick was 22 for 28, 350 yards, three touchdowns, and 154.5 passer rating, and I believe that is the perfect passer rating, or very darn close. What happened, guys? Were we outcoached? Were we outplayed? Were we all of the above? And injuries. Yeah. Mm. I think it's... All of the above. Yeah, it is definitely all of the above, and... I know Garoppolo's taken a lot of heat. Garoppolo's poor numbers are actually Shanahan's fault because there's no way he should have even been on that field. End of story. Uh, I'll fight anybody because if your QB1 is not well enough to play, he's not well enough to play. And um, that was a huge factor in us capitulating offensively for sure. Garoppolo was not well enough to play. And I think the fallout of that is that it's just made his recovery even longer, you know. So we gained absolutely exactly. nothing from doing that. Um, yeah. Defense, yeah, we got the injuries and that poor kid, Allen, at cornerback. That's not on him, really. Yeah, it was a front office yeah. move to bring him onto the field. He's a practice squad player. What What were they expecting, you know? And Miami was right. smart, smart enough to, to capitalize on that, you know. So there is that, but again... Defensive coach um, Salah, he, he needs to take some of the blame for this because he's wonderful when Nick Bosa's healthy, but not when he isn't. You know, does that mean I could be our defensive coordinator if Nick Bosa's healthy? <laughs> and that's that's my question, Lisa. What do you think? Is Salah unable to make adjustments to, to keep us in the game with when we lose people like bosa and sherman and you know the the list goes on and on it, it kind of seems that way that he he has the certain players like he said like like dip just said you know it's great when bosa's in and and then you know we get these other folks in and and suddenly it it all goes to pot but i i think I, i'm not sure that they're playing to the abilities maybe they're maybe maybe Saul is thinking what he thinks that the the players that are in for bosa and and sherman you know they maybe they're not up to that, but they've got to they've got to change it up. They've got to make it. Uh, they've got to they've got to coach to who they've got. And does that make sense? They need absolutely. So I 
I, I mean, and I, and I, I thought I, I, until this season, I always loved Salah. I thought he was great. And, and he, he seemed like he was, he was doing well. He had a great rapport with the players, but the, now that we've got so many injuries, we just can't get fired up about anything. That's for sure. We have, we don't seem to have a, we don't seem to have somebody that can helps the morale of the, of the, the entire group. And, and Salah just is kind of, you know, dragging on the, on the sidelines. I'm not, I'm not really in his corner right now. Well, and it, it almost feels, Deepak, like we're back where we were in, I want to say, 2017, 2018, where we were just tearing Salah a new one just about every show. Did you hear Dante Whitner unleash on Salah and the Kayla Witherspoon? I missed that. You get a chance to listen to it. He's brutal. Oh! Spoon. They call him soft. And- soft! I heard that. Yes, I did hear that. You know what? What I wouldn't give to have Whitner on the field right now. I mean, he would smack these boys into shape, you know? Well, Witherspoon, uh, Witherspoon convinced him to play, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. And, and, yeah, and, and no, this is not how that works. <laughs> exactly. If you're not 100%, don't hit the field. No, you're a liability to us, not an asset. Exactly. And then I don't know if you heard Matt Miyoko. I've never heard Matt Miyoko speak like that in my life. He was livid. And he was more angry about Jimmy G being forced back to play when he clearly wasn't in any way ready to play. Well, that first series showed that he wasn't ready. You know, he couldn't plant that back foot properly to get the right... Despite all of that, Cap, here's the thing. But, um, yeah, we pretty much had a a first-team offense, and we couldn't put more than 17 points on the Dolphins. I mean, we had a first-team offense by Jimmy G being injured, and we couldn't put more than... Our offense, time of possession, 23 minutes and 7 seconds. This is against Miami, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to point fingers. There's lots of places to point them at. This is not down onto one person or one thing. It's multiple factors, including the injuries. Um, the, the, this next man up thing is great if you have talented or capable personnel to be the next man up. I don't think we have that level of depth in quality going by this game. Not anymore. You know, and it's going to be hard work for Shanahan and, and Lynch to, to plug these gaps because we have got one hell of a game coming up on Sunday night. That's going to be tough. I was going to ask you, do either of you think that they're going to try and, and stick Jimmy out there? Or you think we can go with CJ? I think we need to stick with CJ. Yeah, well, yeah. The rumor is Jimmy might be starting on Sunday uh, night. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's just a rumor, but it's come from right. three or four places that are connected. Um if you go on Twitter, I think, gosh, I can't remember who was saying it, but there is talk of Jimmy G starting on Sunday, which would be, uh, I think, disastrous. It's fine if he's truly healthy, if he can plant that foot when he throws. But if he's not planting that foot, I want him off that field. The kid is injured and he's got a, a huge, huge amount of expectation that he has to shoulder. You know, so A, he's trying to play his best game, and B, he's trying to do it while he's injured. And if he's not prone to making mental mistakes when he's not injured, I guarantee you with all that pressure on him, 
he will make mental mistakes. You know, that's why I think exactly. just leave him to recover for another two or three weeks, however long it takes. Mm-hmm. Just let him get healthy, give him an opportunity to try and justify this elite money that we paid for him because we have paid a we paid way much more money than we should have. Yeah. But you know, hindsight's wonderful. Point, yes. Yeah, hindsight's a great thing. Oh yeah. It's always 2020. <laughs> and did, did I read where where Jimmy only participated in two of three practices last week? Wouldn't that have been? I believe so. That have been yeah, a yeah. bell ringer to say, hmm. You would think. I'm just, I'm worried about his recovery time now. You know, now, like Dip said earlier, now he's going to be out longer un- unless he starts this week, which please just let him get healthy. Um. And so we're going to be that further behind. I'm not looking forward to the game Sunday, to tell you the truth. I'm, I, it's like with one eye closed and, 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 and hoping for the best. And, um, and, and, and then, too, it makes me nervous because it's a Sunday night game. So any, uh, most yeah. football fans will be watching it, whereas, you know, and, you know, one of the, the best things about this, this game was that there was no, there was no booing from our, our faithful fans. You know, there would have been right. because there were no fans. And yeah. so that was probably a, a blessing in disguise. This year has truly been one for the books. The Rams are, a, this is a good time to beat them, actually. And I think if we were to try and figure out a way of beating them, it would send a powerful message that, you know, we're not quite dead yet. You know, uh, I'm not saying we're going to make the playoffs, but I'm saying that this would be a good statement game to make. Um, won't be easy to beat the Rams, mm-hmm. but I definitely think it's doable. If I think, I think it's doable. If we start getting back to our basics, we have the strongest run game in the, one of the strongest run games in the league. I'm not going to say the strongest. I'm going to say one of the strongest run games in the league and we're not utilizing it. We're getting ourselves into situations where we have to throw, have to throw, have to throw, have to throw. And we're totally missing that part of our game. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a weakened offensive line as well, which doesn't really lend itself well to a to a rushing game. How come we weren't using Kittle that last week? Didn't seem like he was. Uh, didn't seem like he was invested in the game last week. We didn't really use him. That's what I mean. Yeah, I didn't even see him get looked at. No, I think he got the ball a couple a couple few times, but it just. With apologies to Mark Lyon for the wonderful stats that he's given us, I'm going to move us on to general questions so that we can get out of this uh, game. Mark Baylor, how concerned should we be about what appear to be basic coaching management errors? For instance, playing Jimmy G when he clearly wasn't fit, which we've covered, putting Allen in at short notice, and then not giving him help when it was clearly needed. That's a good point. A very good point. Why wasn't Allen given the help he needed? Well, he's just come off the practice squad and... Is thrown under the bus, if you ask me. That kid had no... Absolutely. He needed another week or two of, of game... Of, not gameplay, of practice time with the group. And I wonder what that's going to do to his, his mental feelings about the game. You know, I, it, I, felt, I felt really bad for him. You know, and it's like, I hope this doesn't, this doesn't affect him going forward. I hope so, too. But these basic coaching and management errors of the game... It's like it's like I keep saying we're we're back a couple years ago when we were making all these stupid mistakes and and being out coached, being outplayed every time we turn around. Well, it just it just felt like it there's bad stuff everywhere. There was coaching was a failure. We were failure down with our our, our offensive and our defensive lines. 
Um, even the skill position players weren't just, they, they just weren't. And special teams and, and penalties. God, get back to the ABCs, you know, holding, yeah. you know, things like that. I mean, just stop. There's no place for any of that. You just, I've never been to a practice. I think it'd be interesting to go and to see what, what are the, what are the basics that they drill on? Uh, Rich Newham, if Quan, Uncle Sherman, E-Man are back next week, does our defense start to look serviceable again or will it lack the, pa- or will the lack of pass rush mean we're going to see a lot of high scores put up by opponents for the rest of the season? What do you guys think? Well, as of right now, Quan and Sherman are definitely not playing. So I don't know how much of a difference E-Man is going to make by himself. <laughs> so it's hard by to answer himself. that without actually knowing. But as of right now, Quan and Sherman are definitely not playing. So I think the only and chance we have is to make the score a lot more points because a lot of points will be scored against us. But mm-hmm. sounds a little improbable right now. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, but exactly. also the Rams don't really have a strong vertical game as such. You know, they're a pound it on the ground sort of game, which could help us a little bit, especially our defense, the way we play yeah. defense. So if they're not going to air it out so much. But now they know that we have a we have two huge weaknesses in defense. One is we've got no cover and we've got no no rush. So they'll get their quarterback to, to scramble and improvise and run because they know we don't have an answer to that. So mm-hmm. that's the thing that scares me. Well, and I feel like we're missing that leadership that uh, Sherm gives us on the field. Um, I know, I know Warner, and I'm becoming a big fan of Warner. But and I know he's doing his best. But you know, when you're not normally the outspoken leader of the group, it's you know it's hard to step into that. So I feel for him, but I'm looking forward to having our leadership back on the field. Uh, Kevin Herbert asks, should we tank to get a quarterback? I'm assuming he means in the draft. You know what my answer is. Hell no. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. Okay. Are, are we ready for the What the F series? My buddy, Simon Holdsworth, what the F is wrong with the O line? Oh. I think we covered all of these without the F bombs. <laughs> <laughs> And he, and he legit, legit put, put what, what he has. He, he didn't, didn't, you know. <laughs> I think, I'm thinking the retirement of Joe Staley is definitely affecting us adversely at, on offensive line. Yes. Um, my son Ryan in Chicago, he's he's wearing his Staley jersey, I think, every week this season. He's missing him so bad, and he's just, like, trying to conjure up, you know, I don't know, something, because I think we're all feeling that way. My favorite is Simon's last comment, which is why the F can't I calm down. I'm I'm curious to know if Simon is still upset. <laughs> I'm resigned now. Yeah. Which is kind, kind of, of distressing, a... you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was so looking forward to this season, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, what's it going to be this week? You know, and talking, you know, living in Chicago, you know, and I've got my friends, of course, naturally all Chicago fans and such, and. They're all saying, oh, I think you, you, the Niners have a great chance to be contenders. And, da, 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 da. and it's like, I can't even face them. But we win against the Rams and we're three and three and sort of almost back in business. Some, Yeah, that would help, especially within the division. It's these divisional games we have to win to have some sort of 
respect for ourselves, I feel like. Graham Ross wants to know, did Shani and Sala just have a week of dumbass decisions, or were they backed into a corner with the injury list? Yes and yes. Mm, I, I agree. I agree exactly, Dip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and I also believe they were outcoached. Absolutely. Deer caught in headlights. Like, what the heck do we do now? That's even better. The deer in the headlights. Dee, do you want to read your question? Um, yeah, sure. Um, do we review what our expectations should be? I'm trying not to laugh here. Continue <laughs> to play with the belief that we can make the postseason. Uh, bearing in mind on paper, we've only lost three games so far. So do we review our expectations for this season? Or do we carry on thinking that there is going to be a, a great big Vince Lombardi at the end of this rainbow? I think we need to review our expectations of what this year is going to be. I think so, too. And I and honestly, you know, I just don't feel like being preoccupied with the question of, you know, you know gee, are we going to make the playoffs? We got we got to take this one game at a time and 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 play in the moment and play like we mean it. And we, we have no business even looking towards the, the playoffs right now. You know, just hundred percent, Lisa. I, I think you're so right, because. Dwelling on what's happened in the first five games isn't going to help us beat the Rams. No. Each no. game is a hard reset, and let's go again and see what happens. Uh, Mark Lyon, who's the better player, Brian Allen or a one-legged Witherspoon? <gasps> oh, gee, that's harsh. <laughs> that's so harsh. Jeez. I'm not even going to answer that. <laughs> Lisa. I'll, I'll probably take a one-legged Teletubby right now. <laughs> okay, ew. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Witherspoon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, if Witherspoon were healthy, we would have a different, you know, outlook on it. If Brian Allen had been, you know, there's a lot of ifs. If Brian Allen had been given plenty of time to come up from the practice squad and work with the first team, I think it we would have had a better result or at least a little bit better result. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not, I'm really down right now. Uh, let's see. He continues. If Witherspoon declared him fit enough to play at halftime, why wasn't he fit enough to start? Exactly. That's, that was kind of my point earlier, you know, mm -hmm. that, that just didn't make any sense. That shows desperation, you know, and, and not a commitment to whatever your plan is, you know, even though I realize plans have to be, be, you know, altered and amended and such. But he, he if, if, yeah, why, why, why wasn't he playing from the beginning if it was okay? So, and again, if, if people are injured, you just can't, you just can't put them in and say, oh, well, you're going to do, you're going to do better than the, the other guy, you know, even though you are a little bit injured, just don't get injured more. We, we can't say that. And yeah. it, it, it's foolish. And then we could lose them for longer periods. Well, and it's a crazy expectation to have anybody coming off of an injury be at 100%, you know, because they've already lost the time between practice and playing and, you know, all of that. And, you know, it's every every moment off the field is, is a little bit of a setback and it just piles up over time. Was putting Brian Allen at quarter, cornerback really a better option than promoting Superion from the practice squad and temporarily moving Jimmy Ward to cornerback? You can't say it. I mean, have any of us seen that kid play in the practice squad? We don't know how good he is. You can't really say it, can you? True. And where do we find 10 more George Kittles to have an offense full of George Kittles? 
That's my favorite question of the grouping. <laughs> Ten George Kittles and one Steve Young, and that's all we need. <laughs> see, see who's coming out of yeah. the University of Iowa with that with that Ferentz coaching style. Although Hawkeyes didn't do all that well last year, but I don't know. Did you see that picture of how nerdy he looked as a freshman? At oh, he's totally nerdy. <laughs> he's totally nerdy. He didn't have near the personality when we'd see him play in Iowa. Nuh-uh. You could just, like, knock him down, couldn't you? You'd think, oh, God, who's this kid? A tight end. Geeky. <laughs> the geeks will inherit the earth, you know. So what? at what point do we entertain trades for any of our players? Well, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. It depends on who's available and what we need, you know. If there's a player that we need and the trade's right, do it. But don't do it on an emotional basis. Do it on no. a on a very pragmatic basis, you know. And I, I guess I get, that's what frustrates me a lot with the with some of the people in the group, especially people that haven't been fans maybe not all that long, and they're real quick to you know discard this person. And it's like, well, hang on. That goes back to that whole thing about consistency. And but like Dip says, you get an opportunity, you have to think really hard. But but you can't. It's hard to not put emotion into it. You know, I mean, heaven forbid, if for whatever reason somebody said, well, we're going to trade Kittle. Hell no. You know, <gasps> hell no. And that's all emotional. That's all emotional. But it's also, exactly. it's also practical well, as well. That's so but... true because the, the Jets kicked Livonian Bell. Uh, they kicked him out, right? And all the yeah. number pages are like, let's get him, let's get him. I'm like, our needs are offensive line. Right, we don't need that. We need, mm-hmm. guess, can he play cornerback? Because if you can play cornerback, sign him up. I'm good with that. You need to <laughs> fill the holes where you've got the holes, you know. And we don't have a hole at running back. We're we're stacked on that. It's on it. all things being equal. But you're so right. You've got to be pragmatic and and careful and think if that trade is going to strengthen the team, especially where we need strengthening right now. And you know, it's not just cornerbacks. Our safeties as well are, are weak. Well, and then not only does it need to be pragmatic, it also needs to make, and fitter needs, it also needs to make sense financially because we are up against the cap and we are going to have some contracts come up pretty soon that we're going to want to look at and are these people we want to retain and some of them we'll probably want to retain. So yeah, the the jumping on the Le'Veon Bell uh, bandwagon was not something I was really happy to see. We do have legitimate needs though. We do need literally a brand new defensive backfield and we need exactly and we need offensive linemen i'm not going to say nothing bad about mcglinchy because he's a notre dame boy you guys want to kill him <laughs> a bias there <laughs> uh steve cushman seeing as we've had no real summer training camps been in camps practice most of the team seems to have more of the medical staff than they do their own reflection. Is it time for Kyle to scale back his playbook and play the simplified version Jimmy had back in 2017? I, that's not a bad idea, actually. Maybe not, yeah. No, I mean, if him being a game manager helps us win games, then do it. You know, um, I, I think Jimmy G needs to win back his confidence. His best qualities are the ones that you can't put statistics on numerous players have said how much of a leader he is you know how much right. accountability that he has and even you know when we watch him and he plays poorly he doesn't let the last bad play define his next play you know he shakes it off very quickly and that is quite a, a difficult quality you know not many people have the ability to just shake it off like that and, no. but he does and and these are important because it 
it, it reinforces him as a leader. So his leadership qualities on the field, the players listen to him, they have his ear, they have his respect. We can't, we don't have stats for that, but we do have stats for the other stuff. And we need that, you know, we need that out of our quarterback, that leadership, that strong leadership, that respect that was earned by the, uh, the team, you know? And not just the ability to shake off the last play, but maybe, you know, in this case, to shake off the last game and say, okay, new day, new game, new attitude. Yeah, he just needs the consistency, you know, he, he just needs that. I mean, don't get me wrong, we paid elite money for him and we haven't got an elite quarterback. I don't think anybody can argue against that. And yes, he's had injuries, but he's also played in a few games. I mean, last season, you know, he was great in a couple of games. He was terrible in some. This season, the first opening day against the New York Jets, he was phenomenal in that first half. Yeah. Is, yeah. I, I honestly thought we've got our elite QB that we paid money uh -huh. for. Yeah. And now this goes and happens, you know. And I'm not going to blame him for what happened on Sunday. I do still very much blame Shanahan for selecting him to start. Absolutely. Uh, Rob Newell, who is more likely to be in San Francisco next season? Shanahan, Salah, Jimmy G, or none of the above? Yeah, I think if Salah gets offered a head coaching job, he'll take it. Yeah, they, that was something he was. They, they were looking at him for last year, too. And if he does get offered one, I don't think the, the club are going to fight him to stay. Yeah. Who do you think we'd want to replace him? Uh, it's hard to tell. You know, I'll tell you who I do like, even though he hates the 49ers. Jim Schwartzer. He's one of uh, Belichick's boys. He's, he's uh, Eagles. He used to be Detroit head coach. He would be a good shout. Well, moving on, we are playing Sunday night. We are playing the Los Angeles Rams at home. Uh, the 49ers lead the all-time series 71, 67, and three. Three ties. That still cracks me up. <laughs> the 49ers have won six of the last nine meetings. Our last meeting was last year, 34-31 win for the Niners in Week 16 in Santa Clara. It was the last second Robbie Gold field goal winning it for the Niners. We love those. Uh, the Rams beat the Washington football team last week, 30-10, giving them a 4-1 record. Good for second in the NFC West. Guys, honestly, I think this is a, a have to win. It's not just a must win. It's a have to win. Really have to win. And... Uh... When it is a have to win, I think current form goes out of the window. You'll see what the players are made of, what the coaches are made of. I think they're really going to go for it. I don't think we can win. I think if we can establish a running game, we can beat them. Well, I know, you know how I feel about that. We, we have to rush. Yeah, the Rams are 12th in the NFL, averaging 27.2 points per game and 5th in total yardage with 403.6 yards per game. They're seventh in rushing average. The Niners sit 18th in NFL, averaging 24.8 points per game and 21st in total yardage at 364.2 per game. So already it's looking like the Rams have a huge edge against us. Well, how are they? I wonder how they're coming. The Rams are coming into this. Are they? Are they looking at us like, oh, look at us? We we, we are just just a smoking heap here. We're injured. We're bad. And um, this will be an easy win for us. I mean, I'm sure they're not saying that, but I wonder, I wonder what they're thinking. It'd be interesting to know if they think they can just look over us. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because that tends to get teams in trouble. I don't think they'll be doing that. I think they'll be looking to exploit 
every single weakness that we have. And unfortunately, there's a lot of weaknesses, but they will find them. And look at the rest of our of our our season. Jeez, we, I think I think the I easiest games are behind us. You know, this is going to be an uphill battle. I think I see maybe one game we might have half a chance, maybe two, that we might have half a chance of winning. You know, we've got the Rams this week, followed by the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, Bills, the Washington football team, which is the one I think we we could beat. I think we could beat the Cowboys, but I want to see how the Cowboys play the next couple weeks. So back to the Rams game, we are actually a three and a half point underdog. I think that's a little hot, a little low. I oh think. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> I'm like, we're not, we're not underdogs by like two scores. It's, it's rising. I mean, I've seen anywhere between five point underdogs and seven point underdogs today. So that three and a half is nudged north a little bit uh, over the course of today. And and that's fine. That suits me just fine because, you know, let's be honest, we are underdogs. We're not. We shouldn't <laughs> be strong. That team is four and one. Remember that. And yeah. We're, you know, we're two and three. If we win, that puts us a game behind those guys. So they really need this win as much as we do. Be a very interesting game. All right. So that would be a Sunday night. We will be waiting all day for that game. Well, guys, I have two minutes on the clock. Are you ready to play the two-minute drill? Okay. <laughs> and we shall begin. Lisa, was that the worst performance since Coach took over? What was the worst performance? Was that the worst performance? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bad, bad decisions all the way around. Yep. Deepak, can we still get a winning record? We can. I don't know if we will, though. Lisa, are Jimmy's problems now in his head? Not entirely all of them, but I think if he can get physically healthy, um, I think he can be mentally healthy. Deepak, is it about time we employed an offensive coordinator and let Kyle just be the head coach? Yeah, I don't know. Ask that question because, for one, Shanahan is the brightest offensive mind in the NFL. If anything, yeah. I would keep Carl Shanahan as an offensive coordinator and hire a head coach to take care of yeah. land management. Lisa, would you tank to get a top pick? I mean, I know we already asked this, but and possibly a new dynamic young QB. Um, I'm not ready for that yet. I think if, if I think if we can get CJ, you know, comfortable and and get jimmy healthy um no i'm not i'm not i'm not there yet deepak if jimmy is not fit to go would you go with mullins or bethard i think either of those two will will do i think both of them are actually better quarterbacks than people give them credit for mullins absolutely stank in that last game but i'd be comfortable with both but i've seen cj play with a lot of heart and courage and uh, that endeared me to him so i'd probably just nudge towards CJ but either of those two you know they're going to do their best and give everything they have. Lisa will coach risk bringing Sherm back early? He, he better not. He, be, he better not. I mean I think you know if, if we've learned anything in this last game don't do that. I'd rather they stay out another game or two and get real healthy and then bring them back and risk further or additional injury. And we are well out of time. I know, we keep going over. (laughs) 
lot to say. What can we say? Is there anything else we want to cover while we're here? I just want to say, be faithful. That that's who we are. And um, I just I, I I hate all the, the the hating on on people right now. And just hang in there. I mean, we we have been through thick and thin over the decades. And 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 we're, we'll get there. We were in the damn Super Bowl last year. You know, so come on. I think I'd like to echo that. I think it's not a question of being faithful, but this is a fan base that's always, it's been literally reared, breastfed on success and championships. We haven't had them for a long time. And the first bit of success we get, it's an expectation. And I think people need to be patient with the injuries that we've got and the other problems that the coaches need to figure out. You know, that success will come. It might not come this year, but it will come. And we've made it this far. We've made it through Tom Sula and people like that, you know. We've made it yep. through Chip Kelly. That's our lowest ebb. You know, if you can get get through that, you can get through anything. So it is a question of believing the team. You know, we've been dealt severe injuries. Some of our own problems we've made, we've made ourselves, but that's football. That's how it works. But we still have a chance, I think, to have a respectable season, if not the winning season that we all thought we would have. But well said, both of you. I completely agree and have nothing I'm going to add to that. Well, that's going to do it for this show. You guys want to say goodbye? Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Best wishes next week. <laughs> yes. Yes. Great. Uh, actually, before we wrap, um, Lisa, i got to ask you, what do you think the score's going to be? Come on. I always ask everybody what. The score's going to be? Oh, God. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, in my in my heart, um, it's it's gonna be twenty seven twenty four Niners. In my head, it's gonna be thirty eight to fourteen. I don't know. <laughs> Just done an aggregate of that, and you think we're gonna lose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm with Lisa on this one. <laughs> I'm gonna call it. I I actually am. Uh, not too far away from what Lisa's heart is saying. I, I think we could we could get this twenty four to seventeen or a reasonably low scoring affair would suit us. I think. I, yeah, I think absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We start the, every game with new optimism and and excitement, and you know, then we we then we see what happens. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils-Hanman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. On behalf of Lisa Walker-Lawrence and Deepak Gohill, I'm Kat Victorino. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Stay faithful. We'll get through this together. Go Niners. Go Niners. There it is. <laughs>